Hey, we say hey and welcome you here. Episode 107 of the Cherokee Rewind. Glad to have you along. I'm Mick. You know that. But uh, I got to tell you, it's it's been a spat. But, hey, going back about 16 years talking to this guy, since I talked to this guy. And he was a forward back then, played on the team that went to the national championships and uh, played in the national champion the national championship game where uh, we came up just a goal short to St. Louis. And uh, there was an all-CSHL national championship. And this guy goes by the name of Ryan Ford. And uh, trying to remember, Ryan, what your number was back then, I always take a guess at it. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, mate, was it was it 20? It was, uh, no, I was, I think number three um oh i was real close <laughs> when i got there <laughs> no so well i had two different stints with toledo the the uh the national championship run i was number three mm-hmm. and then when i came back which was two years ago two two years after that just for a handful of games i believe i was number 20 for that mick oh so, okay um, you were spot on as far as that goes. Well, sort right. of right. Okay. Hey, I guess, like I always say, yeah. dead, dead... no, but for the national championship. So, uh, I came in like around Christmas break, if you remember, cause yeah. I was, I was playing out in Vermont. So when I got brought, when I finally got my release and got my, my paperwork done and was able to finally come to Toledo, um, you know, numbers were already picked. I didn't really have an option and three what was is what was left and they threw it on my back. So. Hey, nothing wrong with that, but like I always say, a broke clock's uh, right twice a day. Right. You know, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. But uh, anyway, so let's get started here. Let's um, go to how did, uh, where were you originally from? Where were you born and raised? So, well, born in Port Huron, but um, raised in Chelsea, Michigan. Moved there, like, you know, when I was one years older, or maybe even a little bit before that, so. Raised in Chelsea, um, grew up playing hockey in the Ann Arbor, you know, kind of circuit, Ann Arbor, Jackson, played a lot of hockey in Toledo, and then, um, you know, did all the travel hockey, did the high school hockey through Chelsea, and then um, J.R. Engelbert, who was our goalie, if you remember that, in Toledo as well, him and I played high school together, after high school, and same graduating year, after high school, he went to Toledo, and I went to the Green Mountain Glades out in Vermont. Um, that turned out to be a disaster, to say the least. And I, you know, kept in touch with Jr. and saw how how well Toledo was doing. And I'm like, man, is there any shot you can at least get me a skate with these guys, or and like see if I can come on board? And you know, he was like, yeah, you know, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Eventually, he worked it out with uh, Varga at the time, and. Um, uh, what the hell is the assistant coach's name? Like, can't Tarsha? I think of it? Um, Tarsha, yes. The beauty, the best man ever. <laughs> and, uh, yes. And, uh, Tarsha, you know, called me one day. He's like, you know, uh, cause I was home on Christmas break, finally got my release, that sort of thing. Brought me in for a skate and like basically signed me that, that night after the skate, they liked what they saw enough to at least give me a number, you know? Yep. Now let me let's start here at the beginning though. I want to go back to the humble beginnings of uh, 
what uh, what was it like for you? You grew up playing hockey. Uh, who, yes. who introduced you to the game? Yep. So I got involved because my neighbor at the time, who was my best friend for, you know, how neighbors are and, and that sort of thing, um, a very good hockey player. He was a year older than me, though. So he started at, at four or five years old. I was still a little too young, and I started that next year. So um, I think I started at five, and strictly because Lee was playing hockey and we play roller hockey or whatever in the in the driveway, and my dad and Ma saw how much I loved it, and I wanted to be just like him, and so they got me some equipment and got me got me going to Yost at six a.m. for those practices. Oh, uh-huh. you know, skating up and down the boards at six a.m. at Yost Arena. Well, I tell you what, though, that's still pretty cool when you consider the history of that rink. That barn has a lot of. Oh, history. it was awesome. Looking back at it, and like. I was just telling this the other day to, I think my brother-in-law, I can't remember, but like, I still have vivid memories of the alarm clock going off at like 4 a.m. and me jumping out of bed and going and dragging my dad out of his bed so we can hit the road and go to Yost and just thinking back on it, like how miserable he had to be to probably just sit there and drink his coffee and watch his son just fall down for an hour straight, basically. But (laughs) it was, those are, those are great times, you know? Yeah, but to think that you as a little kid got to fall all over the place in, in a barn that was home to some very famous uh, hockey teams from the University of Michigan, you know, Red Berenson. I mean, the whole night, the history of that. Oh, that's, absolutely. And then, so like, you know, fast forward to elementary, middle school, high school days. Um, my dad was uh, did real estate appraisals. Mm-hmm. And one of the guys in his, um, they worked at Bank of America, I believe, and his department had season tickets to Yoast, but like never wanted to go for whatever reason or never could. So always gave the tickets to my dad. So like grew up going to games almost every Saturday, every home Saturday too. So it was pretty, pretty special as far as, you know, I did Scoro there. I did, um, I like they brought the little kids on the ice and you raced around, they put up like four cones and you raced around the blue lines Oh yeah. and like a little, little like miniature tractor. I won that. So I got to keep the tractor. So I got some special memories in that building. That's for sure. Holy cow. I think the only thing I ever did was yeah. at the old sports arena in Toledo, which was like an old, it, 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 let's just say it was very uh, uh, character laden. I'll, I'll, I'll put it that way. It's an old barn. It was an old barn okay. <laughs> that they tore down. All right. Uh, I had to th- instead yep. of Scoro, I had a, a yep. I had to throw a frisbee from center ice into the net. Let's see if I can get it there. <laughs> and I like it. Yeah. Problem is, I at that time, up until that time, I never, I've never thrown a frisbee. <laughs> right. You know, I, I grew up in the city. Yeah, it's I a lot different too. Yeah, I, I grew up, I right. grew up in the city. I didn't never, you know, had a reason to throw a, a frisbee or beyond. I was not, not, I didn't live near the beach or anything. So, right, right, right. You know, but uh, anyway, so now when, you that's know, funny. Who were the, I mean, obviously, I would think the Red Wings and the NHL and probably yes. the Wolverines well, in, in, in college. Yeah. Uh, as far as uh, the teams Absolutely. that you followed, who were some of the players that you mm-hmm. looked up to and that you were a big fan of back then? So Michigan-wise, it was Mike Knubel, uh, Brendan Morrison, uh, 
leg because he did that that wraparound leg move where he you know the famous the yeah the Michigan, Michigan stuff yeah um is man it'd be as far back as like Dino Cicerelli he was my favorite forever um then obviously Iserman Fedorov Lindstrom I'm trying to think of some underrated Red Wings that that you would know that, you know, didn't get as much pub as those guys would be like uh, uh, Dougie Brown. I loved his game, just the way he was able to do it all, basically. Um, Like growing up, like I was absolutely loved Doug Gilmore. Mm -hmm. Uh, Loved Jeremy Roenick for a little bit when he was on um, Chicago. Uh, John LeClaire on Philly. So, you know, a lot of the big names that everyone knows, but th- those were Gilmore for sure was a guy that really stood out when I was growing up. Yep, I can understand that. It's a, a, you know, Don if yeah. Don Cherry approves, then you know he had to be good. <laughs> exactly. Oh man. So now, um, what was? Do you remember like your first coach that ever coached you? Mm, not my. F- first for not like mini mites mites or anything like that but i do i remember my squirt coach because i ended up sticking with that team you know that group of guys that that travel team for a handful of years uh doug and i can't remember you know it was basically two two well doug had a son my age who from dexter who's a good good little player he actually uh Remember the Plymouth Whalers? Yeah, sure do. Still do. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was um, their mascot. So we would go to a lot of Plymouth Whalers games too. <laughs> that's pretty. Yeah. Nice. So he would dress up in their whaler and yeah, and uh, skate around the rink and, and that sort of thing. He he was a good coach though, old school. You know, taught you how to play the game the right way for sure. Wow. So now, did you always play forward when you were growing up, or did you ever see any time on D? No, I, I, I did kind of mix and match a little bit. I'm, I was, I guess what I'll smart enough to play both positions and maybe not, um, not great enough to just stick at one growing up. You know what I'm saying? Like I was, they weren't losing a whole bunch of offense putting me back at D if that makes sense. And I, I was, you. I was smart enough to, to play, yeah, to play both positions. So I did, I, by, but by all means, I was mostly a forward but I could, I could hang back there if I needed to be. So you were, you were what was known as a, a, a role player. You could fit in wherever they needed you. Exact elevator guy, elevator guy. I can go up and down the lineup. <laughs> oh man, this is great. So now, yeah. um, yeah. how, I mean, where did you, I mean, did you have a particular spot that you felt the most comfortable at, like on the wing uh, center or anything like that? Was there anything in particular? Yeah. So growing up, yeah, growing, growing up, I was definitely a center. And a lot of that has to do with, again, being able to play defense. I was kind of more defensively uh, responsible. And I think coaches trusted me in those positions, winning D zone faceoffs late in games and things like that. And high school, especially, um, you know, we, we had some talent, don't get me wrong, but we had a, a, a big drop off too. So, I think coach and, and myself wanted, I wanted to play center so that way I could have most control on the game. Um, 
and then as I got older and slower and fatter and all that, that good stuff, I transitioned myself to left wing for sure. So I'm a right shot, play the left side, be able to cut in and, and shoot and things like that. Uh, let's put it this way. You, 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 as the kids like to say these days, hold my beer. <laughs> don't, don't tell me about that slow and fat. <laughs> <laughs> don't even. Oh, man, it's it's getting bad. I, I'm, I'm back to playing beer leagues on Thursdays. It is. I am in rough shape, that's for sure. <laughs> Hardly. Um, let's put it this way. Uh, when you can, <laughs> when you can go in, I always tell people how big I am. I always tell them when, when I go into a restaurant, the waitresses have to put on the riot gear. Okay. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's, yeah, I'm not far behind you, my friend. I'm oh, getting there. Oh man. But anyway, so now, uh, when did you, what, how old were you when you started to play travel? Um, man, like I don't, basically whenever, whenever it became a real option, you know, like I know mini mites, obviously you just go to Ann Arbor's on Saturdays and skate mites. I think it's still, it was still pretty much just hanging out in Ann Arbor. Maybe squirt is like when you, you started playing travel hockey. And I think, you know, basically whenever, whenever that team was available is when I jumped on board. So I think it was squirt. Okay. Now, um, what would, do you remember at all? What like, it, I mean, travel and traveling back then it was. Yeah. I was just going to go ask ahead, I'm you. Sorry. No, you're fine. There's just a little delay in there, but that's all right. Uh, but I was just going to ask you, you know, what was it like if you remember with travel, um, you know, doing home, trying to do homework on the fly, uh, you know, obviously not getting as much sleep as you normally would and sleeping in the car, that kind of stuff. What was it like for you and yeah, your like, folks? I remember. Yeah. So the homework thing, you know, I wasn't the, the best scholar out there. So I don't, I don't ever remember packing my school books for any trips, but uh, <laughs> as far as traveling, <laughs> as far as traveling, yeah. Like I, you know, mom had a van or I'd be going with, um, you know, a handful of Chelsea kids played on, on this travel team. So parents would take turns driving to Pittsburgh, Buffalo, Ohio, Columbus, you know, any of those, any of those States. And we'd all just pack up in the back and sleep when we wanted to, or stay awake all night and, you know, drive the parents nuts and finally get to the hotel and then not sleep even more and start playing mini sticks and dist disturbing the peace in the hotel as well. So, uh, I, the, just the amount of traveling back then it's it, to think about it what what the parents sacrifice it's crazy yep and obviously you know you're just going to be discovering that here soon yourself but we'll get into that here in a little bit <laughs> yeah we'll get into that yeah, here yeah. shortly but uh so now um when you got as you got older uh what mm -hmm. how did the game change for you how did, you know, like when you started to look at it from uh, Pee Wee to Bantam to uh, mm -hmm. heading towards high school, mm -hmm. uh, what, what, about, the, what mm -hmm. about the game changed for you? I mean, in terms of like, not only just in terms of, you know, you know, uh, on the ice with positioning and blah, 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 all that stuff. But I mean, mm -hmm. too, mm -hmm. from like your passion for the game, how did it, how did it uh, change? How did it become a, a, a absolute love affair 
Sure. Uh, so, yeah, I always, you know, I, I've been obsessed and loved hockey since day one, but growing up, um, games, I was never, I was always undersized and never by any means the most skilled kid on the team. So always kind of look to pass the puck quick, always kind of get it off my, my stick as quick as possible and, and kind of drive to the net or, you know, kind of do other things without the puck. As I got older and uh, really my freshman year of high school, um, I actually didn't make my freshman, our high school team my freshman year, but I got put on what is called taxi squad, if you know what that is. Oh, yeah. So I was able to practice, yeah, practice with the varsity, but play travel hockey. And that was um, the first year that Chelsea's ice rink opened up as well. So there's a, a travel team right in Chelsea. Mm -hmm. So I would go to high school practice, then go to my um, travel practice, or if there was a delay, I would just kind of hang out at the rink and jump on open ice. And that's really where I developed – puck skills hanging on to the puck being confident with the puck and that that changed from my freshman year to my sophomore year um that's really when the light switch hit as far as and i started to grow a little bit um you know you don't always gotta get rid of the puck you don't always have to look to pass you can shoot you can you can look to make a move and that's when the love went to the next level too because i was like man i you know obviously i know i'm not gonna go to the nhl but maybe i can take this a little further than just high school hockey and uh so really started to get to focus in on developing other skills um shooting wise trying to you know pick up bad pucks off my feet and deflections and anything that i thought could could help and maybe get me over the hump if you will okay well um so you made high school in your sophomore year sophomore year yeah and again you know whatever even if i would have made it my freshman year it's not like i would have played a ton but back then chelsea was still pretty pretty good and um not a lot of freshmen made it back then i know things have changed at least up here high school wise like there's always a ton of freshmen on high school teams up here um i don't know what it's like back home anymore but uh yeah so sophomore year kind of hit the ground running in high school though it started to produce right away and again that's when everything kind of kept snowballing as far as working out eating trying to eat right um uh doing extra stuff on the weekends and things like that and and really just loving the game the, the way I probably always should have, even when I was in Bantam and Squirt, you know? Mm -hmm. So now, uh, did you have any other siblings or anything that played or were in sports? No, I, ha I have a younger sister. Um, she, ne she never played hockey or anything like that. And uh, um, never really got involved in sports. Arts was kind of more her territory. She's very talented art uh, artist and um, uh, very creative person in general. So 
but she she always came to the games, always supported me, and and all that good stuff. Yeah, I was just gonna say the reason I asked that is just because from a standpoint of your folks having to try and you know divvy up time for all of you, you know, or in this case both of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, so luckily I for them that you know they didn't have to fight that battle too much, and then also whenever there were conflicts, um, again back to the travel days, there was enough of us from Chelsea on that travel team that the, the parents did a good job of carpooling and, and things like that. Oh, that's cool. So now when you yeah, so who was your coach in high school? Do you remember? Oh yeah, Don Wright is his name. He um he I don't know retired maybe. I'll call it five years ago, but as you know, time flies. So it could have been a little bit, it could be more than that, but. <laughs> okay. Not, uh, 19 and Very 93. Program but, in Chelsea. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. The... No, but a uh, great coach, very successful program there. And we had a. Had a lot of fun there, huh? Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, we. I don't know if. Have you ever been to that rink in Chelsea? Um, I think once. Once a while. It was a while ago, but I think it was once. So, rink, but um, I doubt you. You probably never got to saw or never seen uh, pictures of our high school locker room. It is. I mean, it's on par with D one level locker room. So like. The fact that we were so spoiled that we had that, so it just it took everything to the next level as far as having that and and the fun we had at the rink and we would do team sleepovers in there and stuff like that before the season. It, it was just wild. Holy cow! That does sound pretty crazy. So now, um, where? Uh, I... Yeah, we. Sorry. No, go ahead. We just we got lucky uh, when we were when they started building that rink. When we start when the town started building that rink enough um you know quote unquote big leagues in the town knew enough people like some red wings donated to it some some athletes detroit sports athletes and uh people like that we we got enough money to really create this um spectacular locker room and spectacular rink really but we had our own laundry system in there uh it, it was just wild to to think that that was a high school locker room is crazy. Best locker room I've ever been in. Not that Toledo's was nice. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Uh, this one was a, a little bit better though, in my opinion. Okay, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Um. So, I. Uh... Yeah, for for a high school, it, it was amazing. <laughs> hey, trust me, I understand this because Toledo, back in the day, before they played at the Ice House. They used to play over at Tam O'Shanner in Sylvania. Okay. And yeah. Oh my God. We had a bunch of travel battles with Sylvania. My, the, my age group with versus that team in Sylvania. Oh my God. Those were, those were wars, man. <laughs> Some good hockey players over there. Yep. But I just remember that too, that, you know, uh, Toledo back then when we were over at Tam O'Shanner never got, to have they never got to have their own locker room mm-hmm. they always had to go oh see yeah it's a... it was a trap it was the they go to the the uh the locker room for where the guys that played 
you know, pick up or, you know, travel teams that came in mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. for the afternoon or whatever. Those were the locker rooms that we had to use too. The Toledo teams did because the only ones that had permanent locker rooms in Tamil Shannon were the high school teams, you know, Sylvania Northview and Southview or, or uh, St. Right. Francis, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. Yep. And you didn't, they didn't have the rinks like, oh, makes... or the uh, locker rooms, like, uh, because there weren't, there was, that was like the only, those were the only rinks right. that up before the ice house, the yeah. ice house came yeah. back into existence, I think in 2001 and uh, something okay. like that, 2001, 2002, somewhere in there. And the, uh, the Tamil Shanner was the only mm -hmm. indoor ice facility outside of the minor league arena, which, you know, there was not going to be any chance mm -hmm. that, the Cherokee would play there, but anyway, right, right. But um, the right. Uh, anyway, so you know, it's like so they were used to not, ha you know, basically hauling their bag, you know, their bags and their sticks and everything, to you know, home and whatever. You know, they did, they couldn't just leave them. Oh, it's miserable, and yeah, it's miserable, and it makes it makes all the difference in the world to have your your own locker room, your space, and a place for the boys to call home. You know. Yep, it does. And that's that was what was so great about the Ice House, man. We loved it. Once once we got there, it was like, ah, it, it, home. It was a great setup. There's no doubt about that. That that place that that was awesome. Now, when uh uh let's let's finish up with high school. How did you meet JR in high school? Just as students first mm -hmm. or as hockey teammates? Uh so again, yeah, I mean Growing up, J Jr. and I always knew each other through through hockey and things like that. Um, never played on the same teams though. And then uh, come high school, he did make it his freshman year. He he was a great goalie. Oh yeah. You know, I believe he might have even been. If he wasn't the starter our freshman year, he split half the games. Um, and then and then, uh, you know, I really made the team my sophomore year, and you know that's when him and I our friendship really took off from there. Um, but yeah, so he, I've known JR forever. Yeah. Now, uh, so what was the experience for you like, as far as when you played high school, uh, what were the teams like, uh, as far as, uh, your ability, your guys' uh, ability to play win loss, that kind of stuff. Yeah, we, again, like I, I said, we always had, we had some good top end talent in, in Chelsea, in my opinion, for sure. Uh, didn't have, never quite had a full team, always missing some guys, you know, to fill out a full roster, but that's probably high school everywhere. Um, always super competitive though. Uh, the Dexter Chelsea rivalry was huge. Um, probably the closest team we would play. I think we actually played them at the ice house was Bedford. Yeah. I, I think we played them at the ice house a couple times. Um, but we were always, you know, one or two in the league, and it was always us and Dexter. Um, Ann Arbor, Huron, and Pioneer were, were really, really strong. My younger years of high school, and even kind of right before I got into high school. And then um, Celine was always great, too. They, they had some very good hockey players. I'm um, trying to think of some other teams, man. It's been too long. But, you know, Ann Arbor, Pioneer, Huron, us, 
Dexter, Celine. Um, Canton, I think we played them once or twice. They were pretty good. Well, let me ask you. Um, hey, do you remember? Well, yeah, just do you remember playing any against any guys uh, back in high school or before that you went on to face either against or played with uh, later on in your career? Yeah. So, um, as far as Toledo, I don't think. I don't think I ever played against any of those kids in high school. Oh, I went to a team out in New Hampshire, the Laconia Leafs, mm-hmm. and a kid ended up coming out there um, from Celine, James Telford, another excellent hockey player from our area, um, that I, him and I played against each other in high school, you know, since day one. Mm-hmm. So I, that was kind of cool to see him out there. Um, I believe that's it though. It's funny because you would think you would have, we would have played with more, more kids that ended up in Toledo or the central States or anything like that. And I'm sure there is, and I'm just blanking because it's been so long, but no one, no one on Toledo. If I, if I'm remembering correctly. Well, yeah. Cause you didn't, uh, uh, you and you kind of missed Jr. you know, in, in Toledo. So didn't you? Well, not well. Jr. Jr. and I were on the team that went to the national championship. Oh, that's right. That's he right. Was our right, goalie right. for that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So now, how yeah. did you, how did you... Jr. Jr. is how I got on the team, honestly. Okay. Well, let's talk about that for a minute. Um, first off, before we do that, how did you end up going okay. to Vermont? <laughs> uh, so in my senior year of high school, I had a you know pretty strong senior year um got voted to all state and had a couple couple division three offers i don't know if i want to call them offers but team sniffed around but said you know you gotta because the way it works you gotta go play juniors obviously you gotta get bigger stronger faster um so from there started looking at some teams and my whole mindset for whatever reason I wanted to go far away. I don't know why, how, or, or what. I think they saw me at Chowder Cup. I can't remember. Um, actually, that's where they had to have seen me. They saw me. I played in a tournament called Chowder Cup in Boston. Uh, saw me there and basically offered me a spot. And I took it without without knowing anything. Um, went out there. And actually, speaking of high school kids and things like that so i was i was on the the b team there and then there was an a team in the eastern junior hockey league Mm -hmm. and one of the kids on the a team um played for catholic central and i kind of knew him you know through growing up and things like that so him and i became good friends out there like right before season started he had i don't know family issues or something mm-hmm. so they brought in a guy who played at clarkson and was a, a good hockey mind good hockey guy but just wasn't ready to run a team especially all by himself you know mm-hmm. so if the train the the wheels fell off very very quickly there and it was a disaster um 
I had a lot of fun, don't get me wrong, but hockey-wise, it was a disaster. And, again, with JR being the only other kid that I knew that, that went and played juniors from our area, him and I always stayed in contact, and he kept telling me how, how special to, to that team in Toledo was, really, and how, how much of a role you guys were on. And I just kept asking him to ask the coaches if, if they would be interested in having me. And uh, basically it worked out to where they they were interested in seeing me skate, but I had to get my release from my team. And um, I was coming home for Christmas break anyways and kind of forced my release and then um, went and skated with Toledo over a, a Christmas practice. And like I said, they at least liked me enough from what they saw there and, and signed me that night. So that's kind of how that all worked out. Okay. So, so Chris Varga, Chris Tarsha both decide that, you know, you're to take a shot with you. Uh, what was it like? Them and, uh, um, what was the, the defenseman's coach name? Kingsley, I think. Right. Oh, uh, Brian Kinsella. They called him Kinsey. Kinsella, yes. Him. Yep, he was our he was the other coach on the coaching staff. That was, man. That when you look back on it for a, a quote unquote junior B team, like that is a hell of a coaching staff, and we had some great hockey players on that team. You know. Yeah, no question about it. And I mean, the 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 coaching minds, uh, you know, I mean, we the just to kind of give you an update. Uh, let's see. Tarsh is, uh, I think he's looking to get back into coaching, but little kids. He's he's not doing the sure. travel stuff anymore. Chris Varga is the head coach of uh, mm-hmm. of uh, St. Francis, mm-hmm. and they're the defending state champions. Uh, and then okay, yeah. So and that then, doesn't surprise me. He yep. was a hell of a coach, man. Yep. And then of course we lost uh, Brian Kinsella a couple years ago, about three years ago, I think we lost him. But and he's deeply sorely I, missed. I think I saw that actually through the grapevine. Yeah. Oh my God! So he he put a forecheck into place, um, kind of right before we went to nationals. Mm-hmm. And I I'm not coaching this year, but I still use that that forecheck with the team that that I coach the high school out here with. Wow! Now uh, that's that's that tells you something when the the effect that. Uh, players, yeah. you know, coaches and and certain people and how you know people in hockey can have on you, you know, it, it says a lot. Oh my God, absolutely, yeah. No, that that team was special, from the coach, from ownership, from you, from coaches, from everyone, all the way on down. That it just that was a special year. So let's talk about that for a few. Uh, tell me what it was like when you got in to Toledo when you made the move Mm -hmm. came to Toledo uh you basically what was what was uh the uh, welcoming slash torture committee like uh when when you got into that locker room (laughs) so uh first first thing first as far as the practice that you know like my quote-unquote practice skate it was just night and day different compared to what I was doing in Toledo or uh, Vermont, as far as like um, speed uh, execution demand, what the coaches demanded out of you and what your teammates demanded out of each other. And, and uh, again, part of it was probably because of where they were in the standings and like 
they knew they had something special there. But that when I got the second I got there, I'm like, yeah, this is where I need to be. I need to be somewhere. As far as the guys, guys were great from the start, um, you know, loved them all. But I do remember uh, there was a, a, you know, for whatever, I don't know if it was my first practice, second practice, third practice, something like that. Very early on, uh, Varga wanted to, quote unquote, like, I guess, initiate me into the team, if you will call it that. And so he's like, all right, we're going to play a little game called spin the bucket. If you, I don't know if you know what this is or not, but no spins a bucket and you got to fight, you got to fight the next, that the opponent basically for as long as that bucket spins the helmet. And he goes, he, do you remember Andrew Hess? Oh my God. <laughs> yes. The biggest, strongest, scariest kid out there. He goes, Hess, you're going to go against the new guy, Ford. And I'm like, oh, my <laughs> God. And Hess, Hess, Hess already knew it was a joke from, like, the start. Like, they must have already talked about it. But, oh, my God. I, <laughs> I think when he said my name and they saw me shit my pants, I don't think they – I don't think Varga even made me get off my one knee, you know, that we were sitting – He, everyone just started cracking up and – it was hilarious. Very, very funny. Oh my gosh, that is that is hysterical. Now, um, yeah. Now, I mean, what, yeah. what was it like when you walked into that locker room and you saw all those guys? I mean, Tom Higgins, Corey Avaglin, Austin Seipel. All, I mean, those yeah. are pretty strong, big, strong guys. Seipel, man, what a good hockey player he was. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And again, that's it was. So like I uh I got to be around that because the the way the B team and A team were so connected out in Vermont like I got to see um what real junior hockey looked like but where I was at was not it and then when I got to Toledo again that was like we were quote unquote a junior B team but we would have done fine in the the Eastern League out there like the, those players were those guys and you just named and the list could go on like uh we're just strong smart great hockey players and it, again it was i knew that's where i wanted to be where i needed to be and thought i could help the team and i think i did um both on and you know off the ice as far as uh fitting in and and having fun with the guys and that sort of thing you know what's funny is the thing you know you think about all those big strong guys right so they probably could handle themselves yeah. better than anybody but the and they could right. but the funniest part is is that right. probably if you had to name probably the best fighter on that team it wasn't any of them bart reeves <laughs> who was like 5 foot nothing oh my 100 God. nothing the guy was an animal yeah and he he was like a it little just guy. didn't stop like exactly he was as thin as a, a fence post but he packed a punch and he was not afraid of anyone and he just he didn't stop throwing punches until they hit the ice oh man that that's that was so great you know watching that team back then and of course you know you talk about Seipel Seipel to this day all right is probably one of the most soft-spoken mm -hmm. nicest guys you will yeah. ever meet in Absolutely. your life soft-spoken as they get uh works uh, in a health system here in in town 
uh so I, I i would see him from time to time over the years gotcha and uh it was i mean but yeah. the thing is is that if you ever got were on the other side of the of a fight with him god help you because he could he could hit you and oh, hurt you not only that that's what i mean like his, his just body checks alone too they were always so clean but so hard he was such a good hockey player yep and then now, uh, who do you remember who you uh, and and like you said, obviously a great guy too. Yeah, no question. Do you remember who you lined up with first? Who your first line mates were when you right. first started in Toledo? Uh, so I don't don't remember like my the first shift I took as far as who uh, you know who was on my line, but by the time everything kind of got cemented out and we were heading to nationals and the team was really, really rolling. Yeah. It was, I was centering, um, the Hafner brothers. Remember those guys? <laughs> Toby and Rue. <laughs> and not, you know, not to pump our own tires, but Varga, all the, all the, you know, they told us you guys are the best third line at this tournament and we're going to need you and that sort of thing. Like we, we just had a really good, con I remember, uh, older Hafner scored a huge goal in the semifinals, I think it was that like was we, Toby. the three of us just played root. Yep. Played really, really well together. And, um, funny is my, my wife, she's from here from Rochester, New York area, but her first two years of schooling, she went to uh, Bowling Green. Ah, and her with like, um, maybe two or three kids from her age group, uh, guys mm -hmm. went to Bowling Green as well. And they all played club hockey, and uh, Hafner was on that team with them. So my wife got to know him through partying with those guys and all that sort of thing. So it's just such a small world. Now, did you meet her at Bowling Green, or did you meet her in New York? No, I met her up here, yeah. Okay. No, I did not go to school at Bowling Green. Gotcha. So, okay, so now tell me um, – Yeah what it was like in that first season that you played uh in toledo uh what were the what what kind of what did they want from you what did they expect from you and uh how long did it take for you to get comfortable playing in your role in toledo um i think so expectations were pretty clear from the start and I think that's that's the only way to, to be successful as a as a coach is you got to lay out um, what you expect to see from the players. And it was like our first line was Higgins, uh, Irby, uh, Nate and Abigail or uh, Abigail, excuse me. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, you can go look at their points. They were 100 point guys or whatever they were like. They they were machines. So obviously my role was not to be like they didn't need me to score a hat trick every night, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but they wanted a smart defensive minded third line center and to chip in offensively. And I, luckily the puck went in for me kind of right away. When I got to Toledo, I, I started out with kind of a bang. Mm -hmm. Um, I, you know, I don't remember the stats or anything like that, but I do remember, thinking in my head like you know this is i'm putting up some points here things are going pretty well and the fact i was able to do that at you know really everything became easier obviously because you're not 
you're not gripping your stick too tight. You're not thinking too much out there. You're just kind of playing. Okay. And uh, I, I, I don't know. I may have scored my first game. I can't remember, but scored quickly into it and, and started putting up some halfway decent points and doing what the coaches, you know, I got some power play time. I remember Higgins one time fed me beautifully on a back door for a wide open net and kind of like a play that they had been working on, I think, and just it didn't really connect for whatever reason. And then for whatever reason, uh, Varga put me in that spot and Higgins fed me for a wide open backdoor net and slammed it home. And he kind of, that's when like everything started clicking. I think in, in my mind, the team's mind, the coaching staff's mind of like, you know, this kid can actually do some things for us. Yeah. So uh, now uh, who of, uh, I'm trying to think, who were like, you know, going through the rest of that season and stuff, how big of a change or a difference um, did mm-hmm. you see in yourself as far as um, when you played in Vermont versus playing in Toledo? I mean, the caliber of hockey uh, was it that big of a leap or was it, um, I mean, what was it like for you? So, uh, hockey, uh, you know, we were, there's some definitely skilled hockey players out there on the East coast and saw some, some played against some great players out there, but coming to the central States league, it was like, it almost felt like the NHL, like, man, these teams are built top to bottom for anything and everything. And it's not just, um, it's not just, uh, sorry, hold on. I apologize. I was getting a phone call there. Um, it's not just like the skilled game, like it's dump and chase, grind it out. There's actually systems in place for check it for checks in place. Uh, if that makes sense to you. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, if when it comes to and speed of the game, was that a big difference or? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, just speed as far as like um, speed and strength on the puck. I guess is how I'll call it. Like again, out east, there the kids could fly, and there's some skilled players that would just try to toe drag you and, and things like that where back here it was our Ohio central States. It was, I'm going to, I can, and I will lower my shoulder and go straight to the net and you're going to have to figure out how to stop me type thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now. So, so, so tell me about the, uh, the tournament in Philadelphia, the championship run. What yeah. was that like for you? It was, I, you know, still think about it and still, still bums me out that we couldn't, couldn't cap it off there. St. Louis was a great team. Don't get me wrong. Um, but we, I felt, you know, we play them again back then. Who knows? You know, it could have been a different outcome. It just wasn't our night for whatever reason. Uh, but as far as that whole run of that, that tournament and, and, all of that sort of thing. I just, I don't know, never, never been through something like that where like you're watching every game you're watching. I think our first game was versus Minnesota ice Hawks is either our first or second. Mm-hmm. And they were supposed to be like some, some great, great team from Minnesota. And obviously you 
you hear Minnesota and you're like, holy shit, these guys are going to be awesome. And we, we get in a battle with them, but we beat them. And throughout the game, you can see that like, you know, these guys aren't that much better than us. They're not even better than us, period. And then, and then we go and, um, I don't remember if we played Phoenix yet next or not, but again, same thing. These guys, all they do is smoke teams down in the Western States league. It's going to be crazy. I think we beat them decently. And you're just in your mind, you're like, Oh my God, we're, we're doing this thing. We're going to, we're going to make it all the way. We're, we're, everything was just clicking, you know, mm -hmm. it was crazy. Well, I remember, uh, wasn't the Minnesota ice Hawks. I think it was, uh, which team had all their players dyed their hair blonde. That was, that was them. Wasn't it? I believe, I, I believe it was them. And I believe that was an overtime game. And I believe that's the goal that Hafner scored. Uh, you know, we, we got put on the ice in overtime or if it wasn't overtime, it was super late in the third. I can't remember. But regardless, he had the game winner, and it was – he was – he um, – I believe – see, now I'm trying to remember all my stories. I think he came in later in the season, too. Like, he was – he wasn't playing with Toledo from the start, the older Hafner, correct? Yeah, that's Toby. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Rue was the young Yeah, man. exactly. I believe Toby – he was either at university – correct. And Rue was the one that went to school with my wife. And I believe, but I believe Toby was either at University of Toledo or University of Ohio or Bowling Green or one of those schools at the beginning and came in later to this, came in later to the season. I think to really kind of play with Rue and play with his brother. And then the three of us just turned into this great, great third line. And Toby had that big time goal. Yeah, and the funny part is, and again, uh, you know, another really good guy. I really like Toby a lot always have oh my god yes you know i mean i always liked rue too don't get me wrong i yes, love rue absolutely but the, the thing is that i knew toby longer so you know i knew toby more than i did rue and, and to go ahead toby uh rue was certainly more quiet than toby too but uh <laughs> they're both great kids and, and toby was with me on the well, call we, we again we Toby was with me on the call the following season when they had that little tete-a-tete -tete with Dubuque. He, he had the, oh, okay. yeah, he, he was, I was doing it for TV for BCSN and he was my analyst okay. and he's sitting there going, this there is go. gong show hockey. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Yeah. No, they, the three of us turned into a great third line. I, we, we just kind of, you know how sometimes you just click, you see lines click, and and that was us. Toby, Toby was the old guy that kind of directed where and what he wanted Rue and I to do, and we we kind of followed the leader and and listened to him and got got it done, you know. Yeah. No, the reason I was asking about the the blonde hair and all that stuff, because there's yep. a story with that with uh, with Minnesota. They came when we left, we left at night to go to Philadelphia mm -hmm. and we met at the ice house. Okay. And they came, mm -hmm. they got yeah. there as we were leaving, they showed up cause they, uh, uh, bought the ice to practice at the ice house while we were leaving. Oh man. I kind of remember that. Yeah. 
And so they practiced at the ice house. (laughs) And don't ask me how I remember this stuff. Like I said, it all runs together sometimes. But no, but it's funny that you bring that all up. I do kind of remember that now. Yeah, yeah. So they so they they head out to Philadelphia and they're staying at the same place we are, which was just over the line in Delaware. And yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, I'm trying to remember. Um I'm going to throw a couple names at you and see if you remember if did I don't remember if they played on your team or it might have been the year before. But uh uh Jared Siganuk? Mhm. Did he? That doesn't ring a bell. No. Okay, that was a different team then. Anyway, it had to do with no. Well, it had to do with the uh, Nationals, okay. but anyway, uh, different year. Anyhow, so we're in Delaware. Yeah. I remember this, and after we beat Minnesota, and they don't qualify to make it to the semis, they trashed. Mm-hmm. I think they trashed some rooms or. They did some damage. They did damage to the tune of something like ten or eleven thousand dollars worth of damage at the hotel. Ooh, nice. Yeah, smart. Yeah, and uh, they were yeah. so mad. Because doesn't surprise me. They were supposed to win. They they really thought they were because all their players were like uh, yeah exactly. nineteen and twenty years old. They were old. They're all you know. Yes. Yep. yep old yep. guys. And we, you know, other, most other teams had uh, kind of spread the wealth there of the range, age yeah. range, but they were all yeah. veteran. Yeah. And and I just, I mean, that cracked me up. I remember that that they they yeah. they made a mess in the hotel, and I mean, because they were saying stuff like, "You guys <laughs> be careful," and you know, have a safe trip home, and all that other stuff before we played them. All right. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, and and, and their coach yeah. at the time. Went on to be. We became we became friends later. Uh, Tommy McDermott. He uh, went on to coach oh, yeah. in uh, to coach in the CSHL. He coached for uh, Quad oh, City. Yeah, yeah. Co- he coached for Quad City in Davenport, Iowa. Sure. Uh, and so he just a yep. uh, again a good guy. I just remember him though from the, my mm-hmm. introduction to him in Minnesota, which was uh not not quite as nice so but no uh, no no yeah no they definitely thought they were gonna you know steamroll us through i think a lot of teams kind of under underestimated us not only that year but especially that tournament mm -hmm. and we just put our head down and kept working and and again it was just one of those special teams where we found ways to win and and the thing is you know you got to hand it to st louis uh, they they were in the midst of their steamroll. I mean, they won in oh in, their dynasty, right? Yeah, exactly. They, that they that team definitely was a dynasty because they won something. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think something like in a ten year period, they won six national championships, and it was ridiculous. Yes, yeah, and I think, uh, um. But I think if you, you know, I think they didn't think that game was going to be as close as it was. I can tell you that much. Like they thought they were going to steamroll us too. Oh yeah, and, and and well, to be fair, I'm just like I said, I'm just doing, just saying that right. that league that said a lot about the CSHL because of how good the teams were. Absolutely. You know, I mean Toledo. I agree with that. Toledo I, was fantastic. 
uh you know obviously st louis national champs so they were they were mm -hmm. definitely really really good there were uh, in my mind mm -hmm. we you could have picked another one or two chl teams mm -hmm. to go to that tournament i know you can't but i mean they could have and they probably would have fared pretty well in different right. pools no i know what you're saying i absolutely agree with you that that league top to bottom was it's a great league there was back then it, you know just it, like i said it was it was built for kind of playoff hockey and built for whatever style you want to play they can play it and they're going to play it better than you type thing yeah and the funny part is is it's, i don't know I if it, it was i don't know if it was that year or it may have been the year the year before uh st louis had uh, had a team that rolled and they won mm -hmm. the whole season except for one game they won national mm -hmm. championship but they won <laughs> and it was toledo it, no uh the one they lost one game the entire season and it was against grand rapids who was in last yeah. place and it was oh, the, really? and it was the yeah, only yeah, yeah. win of the year for grand rapids Every other team beat them. Gee. Oh, come on. Serious. Every other come team on. beat them. That's, that's still a, that's a, a Jack Behan, who was the coach during all of that dynasty, a legendary coach in St. Louis. Uh, he is yeah. still he's still a good friend of mine, and we still keep in touch and we talk. Yeah. And uh, what? He's not still coaching them, is he? Is no, he no, no, uh, no. He something different. Well, he coached high school after that. He coached high school. And one of his teams went and won a state title. And now I think he's, yes. he's... Okay, so that's what it is. Yeah. And then now to this day... Because my, my roommate out here... Sorry to cut you off. Oh, no, but my no. roommate out here, uh, before I moved in with my wife, um, was from St. Louis. He played for Phoenix, actually, but from St. Louis. And so we... Um, and then his dad coached for a high school team called st louis prep university or something like that yeah and they were playing jack's team in the finals that year that jack won it all yep that's so it, it, again it's just funny the hockey world it's, it's crazy so, yeah it is and and it's so small but yeah that mm -hmm. that still rubs jack the wrong way when uh you, you... I, I can imagine that's i wonder what happened then like did he just play a bunch of young kids and play his third string goalie or what i have no idea but all I know is that that was Grand Rapids' only win that year. It was against St. Louis, who were the hey, – That's a championship for them. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, right, but that's true. a championship for, Saint, for Grand, Grand Rapids. Rapids. They should get them some rings. I was going to say, great. that's hilarious. But now, you finish up that year. Where did you go to in 05, 06? Mm -hmm. So that's where I went. I went to the team out in uh, New Hampshire. Um, Laconia Leafs, mm -hmm. uh, again, kind of the same setup as, um, Vermont, sadly, we're like, uh, and they, they saw me, it was actually JR and I were going to go there. They saw us at nationals. Mm -hmm. JR kind of last minute decided to stay home and stick it out with Toledo. I went out there, um, because my mindset was all those division three teams are all out there. So that's where you're going to get the most exposure. Mm -hmm. So I, I went out there, um, but it's kind of same setup where like 
the they kind of had a legendary coach. Um, I think his last name was Faye, if I'm remembering correctly. But family issues or family for season. Another coach who was going to be the goalie coach, but took it over and became, you know, the quote unquote head coach at a super young age. Great guy, but again, just kind of in over his skis and not ready to to run, a, especially a junior A team. Um, back then and it was uh so hockey wise we were kind of a disaster but again some really good hockey players some our top end talent on that team is was great and uh but did the whole year out there and, and had some great great times and great friends and lived with a billet family and all that good stuff then uh what uh so after that what did uh did you wait what wait you weighed your options what were you thinking as far as uh, what you should do next. So after that, after that, I got, I got quote unquote asked to come play for a, a division three team in Wisconsin. Marion university is the name of it. Uh-huh. Um, at, I'll say asked to play, like I, I lived in a hockey house. Like I was quote unquote on the team, I guess is how, what I'll call it, but certainly a bubble guy. Like they were, they were a deep, strong team. And by no means was I going to be just like handed a, a role, you know what I'm saying? Like a, a roster spot or anything like that. Okay. Uh, the, the weekend before tryouts, it's our goalies 22nd birthday. I'm only 20 at the time. We all go out to the bars. He gets in a bar fight. Cause he, you know, he's feeling great. It's his birthday, this and that no one can talk to him. Uh, bar fight gets pushed outside. As you know, Mick, I'm by no means a fighter, but I'm certainly going to go outside with the team. Oh, yeah. Uh, cops come, you know, cops come, break it all up, take everyone's ID, this and that, see that I'm underage, write me a ticket. Next day, I'm called into coach's office, Coach Weiss. He tells me I'm putting a black eye in his program and there's no room for me on his team. So I'm devastated. Don't really know what to do. Have to finish out the semester of schooling because it's already paid for. Like, I'm not just going to leave, you know? Yeah. Um, but that's when I call Tarsha and link back up with Toledo for their last kind of remaining little bit run there. My second stint with Toledo. Uh, I think Tarsh, I, you know, he would have helped me out regardless because he's such a great guy like that. Yeah. I think he thought he was getting the the old hockey, you know, the Ford of old. He got the new Ford that hadn't played in three months now and did nothing but sit sit around and drink beers and watch Seinfeld and not get to play hockey anymore. So when I my second ten, stint in Toledo did not go as well as my first. I will put it that way. Like fun, I had a great time. It was fun, but hockey wise, I was I wasn't productive really, you know. Mm-hmm. But you know, again. You didn't have the benefit of, of, uh, I was, I was fine. But still, you know, I think that if you look at it, you know, two, you had the benefit in the first go around with Toledo of, you had all that Correct. veteran leadership. I mean, it never, n- never mind the talent. Okay. Yeah. There, it was extremely talented. Right. We were stacked that first go round. Right. So yeah. I think the expectations yeah. for you 
they didn't have to rely on you so heavily. Where in uh, 06, no, 07, uh, in 07, that that changed a lot. You know, I mean, there were that team wasn't as 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 talent. It was talented, but it wasn't stacked. It, it, they didn't have a team no. that could uh, that could uh, win at will. You know, score at will. I oh, absolutely. And um, so that it was Tarsh was still on. Or, uh, yeah, Tarsh was was the assistant coach, but Ian Duncan was the the head coach. Mm-hmm. And I and I think Tarsh had. And in his, you know, not his fault. He hadn't seen me play in a while, but oversold me to Duncan, and I came in, and I think Dunk was expecting borderline first line center, you know, someone that was really going to start filling the net. And I just, I didn't have it in me. I was, I wasn't in shape. It took me forever to even get back into playing shit, you know. And I think Duncan always liked, like, don't get me wrong, like, you know, I always respected what he said, did whatever he asked of me. So he always liked me, but I think he was sour in the fact that he thought he he thought he was getting a different hockey player, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, but again, I think that too. It's all of, it's all about expectations. So, so you know, but uh, tell me a little bit though right. about some of those guys though that you played with on that that second go around. Um, I'm trying to remember, like again, again, the names all run together and different from different years around that time. So I was trying. So. So uh, the 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 special thing about that is I got to play with my best friend David Mayville. Okay. If you remember him. Yep. And then, um, yep. So he was a Chelsea boy. He's younger than me. I got him hooked up with Tarsh after high school because he wanted to continue to play. So that's how he ended up in Toledo. But some of like uh, my friend, you know, friends from that team, like Ryan Wall, <laughs> um, <laughs> Jay Clark. Yeah, exactly. That crew, Jay Clark uh those boys yeah uh wall and i um still stay in contact a little bit here and there it's been been a minute since i talked to him but uh so that that was kind of my crew um trying to think uh what the heck was that uh dj fisher oh fisher that kid was hilarious fish was a piece of work (laughs) oh man he was hilarious i mean um trying to remember so uh um did Brandon Thalen play with you? And then, what was the last name? Thalen. T H E I L E N. That doesn't sound familiar. That doesn't sound familiar. But again, who knows? His nickname could have been something different, and I would have it would ring a bell. Uh, Brandon Bolter was on that team. I oh, enjoyed Bolt. him a lot. Yeah. He was a good kid. Now, how about uh, him and uh, was it? Yes. Was Matt Yak yep. on your team? Frank the Tank. Frankie, yes, absolutely. Yep. And Frankie and uh, Frank was awesome, don't get me wrong, but his dad was the best part. His dad was awesome. <laughs> love his old man. Chris Chris is Chris yeah. Matyak is hilarious. I love that guy. He he matter of fact, I saw him a couple oh, of years. I ran into always him. Always love seeing him at Yeah, I saw him at, at work a couple years ago. I, I I worked at a hospital and I ran into him. He was going there to visit somebody. There you go. And uh, I ran yep. into him there. We had lunch together, and me, him, yep. and his wife. And oh my goodness, that was—I mean, it was just so neat to see him. It really was nice. Just, uh, it was so great. And of course, Frank. Yeah, yeah. It always it cracked me up. Those guys are a riot. I mean, they were a riot. Um, and they make—they really do make yeah. me laugh. So my my second stint, 
absolutely. So my second stint, hockey-wise, you know, doesn't even compare to my first stint. But um, those guys, the second year, some of the jokesters on that team, man, that was that was fun time. Now, were you ever one to try to, you know, mess with or or play, pull a prank or two? <laughs> oh, man, I don't. I was never smart enough to ever come up with something on my own. Or uh, especially my first year, probably scared if I ever did anything, Hess would beat the piss out of me or, or, uh, um, or Higgy, you know, any of those guys, Reeves, like you said, yep. exactly. Um, but no, I mean, really, I'm, I'm not too much of a prankster, but always, always in the hotel room with the boys, always laughing, always doing, you know, whatever we're doing, I'm, I'm usually with the, the boys and having a good time. Yeah. Who was uh, in that second stint? Who were some of the guys? I mean, what were some of the things that you guys, you know, messed each other with, with each other. I mean, I'm thinking more along the lines of um, maybe. So, so I, I don't, I don't remember exactly, uh, you know, like pulling pranks on the guys, but something that I still laugh to, to this day, it was Fisher. What a surprise. You remember, you remember Josh Nichols? Oh Yeah. From he's a Canadian kid, yeah, right? He's from yeah, he's from Windsor. Yeah, exactly. So those two were buddies, and I, you know, obviously I became friends with them and things like that. But and I don't remember what road trip we were on, but in the hotel room, Josh and DJ, but mainly Josh, uh, Nichols calls the front desk and is asking for basically a wake up call, but doing it as beavis and butthead and it was he was spot on with all his impressions and i was pissing myself laughing because i it i just he just did it out of nowhere just picked up the phone and started doing it and i still crack up to it thinking every time i walk in a hotel room i think about him doing it or me picking up the phone call and doing it and just what that front desk ladies must have been going through he like he's like uh, can you like shut up or something? <laughs> Just in the beat. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, it was hilarious. Oh my gosh, that that that's, was, that that sums kid. up fish to an, in a nutshell. Oh my gosh, those guys. Yeah, him and Nichols. I I think it was Nichols that did it. It was so yeah, funny. I mean, you know, and the thing so is, so funny. I remember I I remember having a conversation with our uh, with our our uh, Mike Robertson at the time. Uh, and yep and sure and mike uh was telling me i forgot about him yeah yeah yeah, he was very good dude still is um uh, him and diana Mm -hmm. uh, i saw them uh, a couple years ago and they're hanging in there man they're still they're still they're still going strong it's a good thing uh but i ran into or we were talking about yeah we're talking uh back then uh, about when he told me about them signing Mm -hmm. josh nickel and he goes yeah, he goes. They okay. they weren't sure if they were gonna come to Toledo or not because you know they about coming over the border and all the time and everything. And uh, they're like, uh, well, mm-hmm. they go, um, but if how much is it gonna cost to get into games? And 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 Mike Mike goes, tell you what, says <laughs> I'll throw in a. He goes, you sign here, I'll throw in a couple of tickets to home games. He goes, you're good. <laughs> that's, how, that's hilarious that's how they got josh yeah. that's how they got josh in 
but that's funny. I did not know that. Yeah, neither did. I mean, I only knew it just because uh, we were talking about it one time, uh, having a having a sarsaparilla or two, and, 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 and we just had a laugh about that. Yeah. One. But um, so, but I, I just, yeah. I mean, some of those silly little things that you think are just throwaways end up being some of the best stuff, you know. So now, at what? Where did did you? Oh, my dad. Go ahead. So. Sorry, um, my dad, uh, you know, him and I grew up watching Beavis and Butthead, and he, you know, cracks up at those guys, but he still brings up that prank phone call almost all the time, every time I see him. <laughs> oh, that's a beauty. Now, where did you, did you play, yeah. when, uh, where did you go after Toledo? So I went to a, a school in Rochester, New York, which is where I currently live, uh, Monroe community college it's called it's actually there's a junior college hockey league which i never knew about um and one of the kids and at the school i went to in wisconsin there's a team in north dakota uh played in it so like when i was trying to figure out what the heck i was gonna do he told me to look out look at this league and i got the i got it all set up for the next year but i needed some i needed to play hockey in the meantime and that's how I ended up back at Toledo. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I, I, uh, the only famous guy to ever make it out of this league is Dustin Penner. Really? He actually played for that North Dakota team. And yeah, somehow went to University of Maine from there and then to the NHL, obviously. That's funny. But um, mo- mostly New York teams, like there's a team in Rochester, a team in Buffalo, a team in well, Erie, like this area, team in New Jersey. Um, it's actually not that bad of hockey, to be honest. Like, it's a handful of junior kids are like top-level high school kids. And it's the, – the school I went to, the rink is right on campus. The dorms were brand new. So it was like – and they were excellent. So that's why I went there, basically. Okay. So now, uh, did you? how long did you play there? All four or – just two years. Two years? Okay. No, two years. All right. Um, yeah. And then was that it? Was that when you hung them up from a competitive standpoint? Yep, that was it. Uh, yeah, so I did come back home for a year and went to Eastern mm-hmm. and was um, potentially going to play there and, like, uh, you know, kind of had it all set up to play there. I, you know, I knew a bunch of guys there and that sort of thing. Um but at that time, they had just gotten kicked out of the cube. Oh, yeah. And they were skating out of, yeah, skating out of some rink. I don't even, Dearborn, Detroit, somewhere. I don't remember. And logistically, it was just going to be a nightmare. So just unfortunately, that was kind of the nail in the coffin. Because the cube, I could swing. The cube, Ann Arbor, Central, like, could make practices no problem, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, um, so then, so, so okay, so that was it. That was it in a nutshell. So, uh, let's uh, let's fast forward. Basically, let's fast forward though. I mean, obviously, you met your yep. you met your lovely bride, and uh, you went. Yep. Uh, how did you end up going back to New York? I uh, always knew, for whatever reason, always loved it out here, and kind of always wanted to come back out here. Uh. 
went back home for that year, like I said. Nothing was really happening back home. Uh, tried to get a job at University of Michigan a couple times, a couple different times applied. Um, just because their benefit package was through the roof, their retirement and benefits and health and all that stuff. Uh, never was able to get a job there. So um, stayed in touch with everyone out here and, and the kid, my roommate that I talked about from St. Louis, and he wanted to come back out here too. So we, we bought an apartment off Craigslist, kind of sight unseen came up here and uh, started making trouble ever since, basically. So it wasn't a case of when you walked in the apartment, there was like a chalk outline on the floor somewhere, was there? Uh, it was a disaster. Not quite that bad, but we had like um, a fly infestation from our basement. Oh. Like it was, it was not the nicest apartment by any means. Yeah. Oh yeah. It had fly traps everywhere. Like the, the fly papers hanging down and, it was a disaster, but um, it was cheap. It was in the city. It, you know, neither of us had established ourselves from like kind of a working standpoint. So we we're just kind of doing, you know, working at bars, restaurants, that sort of thing. So the fact that it was cheap uh, was appealing. And then um, his cousin actually played in the NHL for a handful of years for St. Louis and a couple other teams and finished his career out here with a AHL team that Rochester Amherst and was in the process of putting together like a, a hockey school. Uh-huh. The plan was to always link on with that. And that kind of fell through at the 13th hour. So started scrambling and doing odd jobs and landscaping and, and crap like that before we could find our next move, you know? Oh yeah. So now how did you end up meeting yeah. your wife? Uh, through him, actually. So he, he his dad um, spent time out here, too. His dad went to high school out this area. Okay. So his dad has a, a lake house out here. So every summer he would come back, and he got linked up with kind of the, the hockey scene out here, the, the age group that we're in. So um, went to a bar with him and uh, another hockey player who I – Hadn't met at the time, but have become good friends with him. Um, and my wife went, came to that bar that night, too, and she went to school with that kid. So she came over to say hi and hit it off from there, really. <laughs> what was the who, – who asked who out first? Uh, I definitely asked her out first. Um, we went to – a restaurant around the corner from my apartment. It was about 100 degrees in the summer. And I'm a, you know, fresh out of college, gross bachelor who hadn't done laundry in forever. <laughs> so I had to wear jeans and a button down shirt and just pouring buckets of sweat the entire time. So <laughs> I don't know how she agreed for a second one, but she did. And it, oh, yeah, it was gross. But luckily, she, she agreed for a second one. And from there, did some laundry and wore some shorts and was a little more presentable that second time around. You know? <laughs> well, you know, after all, I'm sure probably the flies probably helped out. You know, they had to make sure that the 
the laundry was done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. As long as I kept her out of the apartment, I was fine. <laughs> That's funny. So now, let's wind her up here. Uh, tell yeah. me, what is what has it been like now? You know, not only being a husband now, but uh, recently becoming a dad. So uh, awesome to you know, in one word, can't can't really describe it. But no, Haley little daughter just turned 15 months um a little crazy having her during covid and the pandemic and all that good stuff it was kind of a blessing and a curse uh the blessing was we got to hunker down and not have to you know worry about people coming over or taking her or any, anywhere or anything like that but uh now we're starting to feel like you know she's hasn't seen a whole lot outside of our house so but luckily she started daycare a handful of months ago and she's doing fine. And, um, you know, she's the best. There's, there's nothing to it. Bought her last month, bought her a couple mini sticks. She's taken to those. So going to get her on the ice this winter and see how it goes. <laughs> that kid doesn't stand a chance. You're going to have her skating in no time. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to wind her up here yeah. with a couple of questions that I always uh, wind each one up with. And that is, one, who are the people that impacted you the most during your playing career uh, on the ice and off the ice? Um, on the ice, so obviously Lee Woodruff, the kid that got me started, he was always a year older than me, always playing the year up for me. So I always, you know, watched him play, watched his team, watched, watched those teams. Um, and then, like, throughout my coaching staff that I that kind of – we created that travel team and kind of did the run throughout there. Um, great group of guys, great group of, of uh, you know, just teachers to teach us how to play the game the right way. And then, high, you know, once you get into the high school age, the the older kids, you know, names you're not going to recognize, but Josh Barron, Ben Daniels, Craig Irwin, these, these older group of kids that look like pros almost in your mind when you're in eighth grade, you know, seventh grade, sure. and you're like, man, these kids shoot the puck 100 miles an hour, skate 100 miles an hour. Trevor Mayville is another name. Uh, Drew, Drew Warren, like just kids that you see them and you're like, man, I want to do that. So you start, you just really start working on your craft really and, and become that. And luckily I, I got to be good enough to where I, you know, I put up some numbers and stuff like that, but coaching wise, high school, Don Wright was an excellent coach, like I said. Uh, but then juniors, honestly, and I'm not just saying this cause it is, you know, the Cherokee, we re, uh, rewind, but, that coaching staff my first year, and even Duncan, too, my second stint, like, you know, I learned a lot from Duncan, but really that first year, man, like I said, I still, when I'm not coaching this year, but the past three years I've coached a high school team out here, still use a four-check that, that Kinsella put in place, and just, I just remember, you know, working up to that weekend tilt with whoever it was, whether it was, um, Grand Rapids, Quad City, uh, blanking on some names in that league, uh, the Chicago team, whatever, you know, and those guys, they, they, 
I saw that and I, I emulate the, the work that those guys put in and, and tried to do that with my high school team for sure. Then obviously you got the pro guys, but I don't really think that counts. I've never met them, you know? Yep. I just try to – I look at some of their practices and what they do and try to do some of those things. But, no, really, that, that first coaching staff in, in Toledo – they impacted you greatly and that's fine. You know, that's an awesome thing. Now, let me ask you, how about away from the ice? Who would you say was the biggest impact on you for your life and what you do and things like that? Um, you know, it's cliche, but obviously start with your parents and you think about, especially when, now that I am a parent and we talked about this a little bit earlier, but the, the sacrifices they made to get me started not only cost wise, but time wise and, and, you know, saw my passion for it and, you know, hockey camps and getting me involved in whatever, you know, I would tell them I want to do this camp. They'd find a way to scrounge up some money and get me involved in it. Um, so obviously start there, but then you branch out to grandparents who never missed a game, aunts and uncles who came. Uh, it's just, it, and then the hockey families you meet on those teams too it's we all say it and i know every sport thinks they're the best but these hockey families man they they are the best in my opinion i there's nothing better i couldn't agree i more. grew up in this game i, could, I couldn't agree i know more, and it's you know the, the list goes on as far as like names from back home and, and things like that but it's it's true they're just you know, allowing me to hop in their van and sleep on their hotel room floor because my parents couldn't make it that night and that sort of thing. And it's just, the, the list goes on. Yep, amen to that. Well, let's wind her up. I'm going to uh, turn the, the, the floor over to you. And that is, uh, what would you like to say to uh, the Cherokee Nation that's tuned into this? Because the alum, there's alumni, there's old coaches, former players, fans, uh, all the above that all tune into this and I'm grateful for it, but uh, what would you like to say to them? Oh, yeah. Just how, how special of a place Toledo has been. And, and it's because of all those, what you just mentioned, obviously starts at the ownership and, and works its way down, but it is, it's a class a organization. It is, um, Central States League, that's what it was called. I believe it's called something different now. Well, they play in the USPHL. There was no, nothing like it. I, my time of being away, but in the Central States, there was nothing like it. Our bus rides were, were fantastic. You know, we never had to worry about any. Everything was taken care of. And it's just such a special place. And it was, uh, I'm lucky that I was to, in to that organization and um you know it's a bummer we couldn't cap it off with a national championship ring obviously we tried our our best and but the fact we got there i hope we made everyone proud with it and um you know it, it's still the team i think about the most when i look back on my hockey career there's no doubt about it well i will tell you this as far as you, you don't have to hope. They they were proud of you guys not only not only when you were competing for a national championship, 
but even when you were just trying to crack the lineup, you know, all points in between. Right. You know, because you contributed a lot. And the thing was is that I think Ryan was a couple things. Yeah, you had some talent. You were able to do some things, and that was great. But I think the most important for most everyone around was the fact that you were always a good kid. You were always a decent guy. And and you were a solid, rock-solid teammate. And that I think means more because yeah. I mean those trophies they'll 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 collect dust and everything and that's all well you know yeah you always want the memory of having a ring because that's what we all play for, but also play for the memories. Right. You also play for the, the the bond. Absolutely. You know, and that's the other thing that you know that you brought. No. The boys there were awesome. Uh, I, you know, sadly I'm, I'm out this way now, so I'm not in the Midwest. I don't really see any of them or, you know, and have kind of lost touch, I guess I'll put it, but hopefully down the line. And I know this at some point, you know, we'll be at rinks cause their kids will be playing against my kids and it, it's going to be just so fun to catch up, have some beers and, and talk hockey again, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm telling you this right now. I'm going to put this in your in your memory banks. And that is, in the not-too-distant future, we're going to put together a little reunion weekend here in Toledo. And we're going to have people come back. Uh, probably have an alumni game, I'm sure, for the younger alumni. Uh, the old the old fogies, they can just, we're going to sit in the stands and heckle. And uh, the other thing we're going to do and the key to it is in addition okay. to having the, you know, the, the game for the younger, like I say, the younger guys, is the fact mm-hmm. that uh, in addition to heckling uh, them, uh, those of us that are old, um, I want us to be able to catch a game of the current cheer. Yes. You know, anyway, but that's the that's kind of the Oh, it would be awesome. Yeah, that's the plan is we're going to do that for a weekend. And uh, we'll put it together, and uh, it'll be very, it'll be sooner rather than later. And so, but I want people to be able to come back in, so they can have a couple pops and uh, in the stands, and uh, go in there and just start telling tall tales and laughing our butts silly, and and just enjoy. Yeah, it. you know, uh, another um, super funny kid from well, two uh, from my first stint that just just popped in my head uh pillmore billy and uh jc gulch yes yeah those kids man yeah jc and he yes. always played with uh I ryan cell on defense yep had a, had some fun with those two kids for sure because i think maybe originally my first line was uh rue myself and pillmore and then pillmore uh you know, did his own get moved to a different line because he could kind of carry his own line, mm-hmm. and uh, it was me, Toby, and and Rue. But yeah, no, those two kids just popped in my head too, as far as kids from back then. Yeah, that's the funniest thing about the- uh, Devin Benike. Benike. Is that was that his name, Devin? B- yes, he was hilarious. Yeah, great kid, great kid too. Uh, you know, and it's funny because. Uh, it's yes funny it's funny i do this every time i do these these podcasts it's inevitable that it's like we start going down memory lane 
And then just as we're getting ready to finish up and, and, and say, you know, hey, we'll talk to you soon. It's like, oh, my God, all these other memories come flooding back. And, oh, yeah, yeah. How do you you can't there's not enough time, you know? Yeah, it's hilarious. You know, and you just start. You, you, it's, too, too. Yeah. it's great. That's what I but that's why I love doing this, because it, it gives guys a chance to tell their story and the fact that yeah. they can have a laugh or two about it, you know, and uh, and just, uh, you know, hey. Be thankful for oh, yeah. the, the game that gave so much to them and that they get to, a chance to give back to the game, you know? So. Exactly. Well, exactly. Hey, bud, it was great catching up with you. I really appreciate you doing this. Uh, I know we were, it was like, oh, just, just for Absolutely, a little bit. <laughs> Here we are over an hour and a half later, and it's like, ah. <laughs> well, that's, that's why I kind of had to start driving. I apologize, but I had to uh, – excuse me, um, get to my next stop. But no, it's, it's fun. I'm happy to do whatever, you know, if you ever need another one, but definitely let me know what you need from me as far as email address or phone number, um, you know, address and permanent andre- oh, address, that stuff, yeah. house address for, yeah, any of that stuff coming up. I would hopefully find a way to get back and see some of these guys. Hey, no. I have to freaking wear a name tag. Probably they're, they're not going to recognize me and, and I won't recognize them necessarily, but <laughs> trust me, uh, trust me, so Ryan. You, so it, I knew you immediately. It wasn't like I had to sit there and go, "Gee, I think I don't know." <laughs> Hell no, I knew exactly yeah, I, who I'm, you were. I'm, yeah, that's all right. Hey, bald now. That's the biggest yeah. difference, right? Well, okay, that's all right. But uh, like I said, you you still have that, you still have that uh, baby face though. So. You know, so you don't, <laughs> you know, so, you know, but no, it's great to see you. You look great. Um, hey, happy to hear things are plugging you know, along. You're retired and get to enjoy life. But yeah, exactly. That's it. So, and you'll get there hopefully one day too. So that's the beauty of it. And you get to watch your little girl grow up and yeah. Uh, yeah and you, then you remember when she turned, yep. when she turned 16 and 17, you're going to remember what you were like at 16 and 17. <laughs> That's where the payback begins. <laughs> if not sooner. Uh, scary, scary thought. Uh-huh. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Hey brother, take care. And uh, I really am thankful for this and we'll talk again soon, bud. Oh, me too, Mick. Again, appreciate it. And uh, yeah, we'll talk soon. Keep me in the loop on everything. You got it, man. Well, that's going to do it for episode 107 here of the Cherokee Rewind. Don't forget, subscribe. And then that way, every time a new episode drops, you get uh, you get notified. And it'll uh, you'll be able to tune in to who the next alumni is that's going to come in and talk to you. So for Ryan Ford, I am Mick saying so long. And we'll catch you next time right here on the Cherokee Rewind. <laughs>